0: listening to Driving Law, a podcast by Kyla Lee about all things related to the rules of the road. Hello, and welcome to a special interim episode of the Driving Law podcast. I'm Kyla Lee at Acumen Law, and with me, my co-host, Paul Doroshenko.
1: Glad to be with you.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, in the amount of time since we had our podcast on Friday last week, and now, so much has happened that we needed to do an interim episode.
1: And somehow it all felt tied together. Uh, We talked about it on the weekend, and we realized we just can't leave it. Um, This is, uh, there's no ridiculous driver uh, this week. There is just... uh, I mean, there
0: is a ridiculous driver. There
1: is, yes. But it's, uh, it's, I don't know that I want to call it that because of the gravity of it. Uh, So...
0: The first issue is just an update to one of our stories from last week, um, and that was the car that exploded at the canada U.S. border.
1: Well, launched and exploded. Yeah. Um, so we have a little bit more information about that. Of course, you know, much of our discussion about it what related to the manner in which the leader of the opposition misportrayed it in Parliament and then denied Uh, having done so, claiming that uh, CTV had posted a story about it, yet they hadn't posted a story, and he was obviously relying on Fox News and um, our discussion about it being irresponsible, A, Mm -hmm. to um, suggest a terrorist attack when there's really not the information available yet at that point, uh, not investigated or anything like that, in Parliament, causing panic, and B... To then lie about uh, why he did it rather than, uh, you know, stepping up and doing the right thing, apologizing and saying, you know what, we jumped the gun. Um, So that was an issue, of course, but now we know a little bit more about the accident. So what do we know, Kyla? Uh,
0: Well, turns out friends of the people who were killed in the accident have come forward and said that this sounds like it was an incident of a vehicle defect, potentially. The friends of these people have said that the driver had been complaining for a little while about his accelerator not responding correctly.
1: Yeah, and uh, if you're looking at the driving, you know, there's even if you were drunk, even if you were absolutely fostered, uh, you wouldn't drive like that. And that was one of the things that we speculated about was a, a potential sudden acceleration issue. Uh, and it appears that that may be the case. And we're talking, I think it was a... Um, it was about a two-year-old or one-year-old Bentley. Both people died. And, uh, yeah, apparently the uh, owner who's uh, deceased had had uh, taken it into the Bentley dealer for the purpose of uh, investigating an accelerator problem. So that's an interesting thing because uh, it's a Volkswagen platform and all sorts of Volkswagens use that same technology. Okay. So what does it mean in the end? Uh, I guess there's a potential explanation for it.
0: Well, but good luck recovering anything from that explosion that's going to be meaningful in assessing whether or not there was, in fact, a mechanical failure.
1: Yeah, I wonder if any of the black box data will be available. I wonder if the the Bosch data will be recoverable and and what will be there. But, I mean, you can see the car is going, obviously. They'll be able to calculate the speed based on the video.
0: Now, our second issue is a tractor crash on Highway 1.
1: Yeah, so this was all over the internet on uh, Saturday afternoon here in Vancouver with uh, reports of video that I saw on TikTok and various other locations of a tractor. On Highway 1, three lanes of highway where it's swerving across the highway, all three lanes, uh, and uh, there's police cars around it and it's forcing police cars to evade it.
0: Maybe well, maybe struck the police cars based on some reports.
1: Looked like it did in some of that video that I saw, uh, and you could see cars behind trying to figure out what to do. Everybody, of course, impatient British Columbians on Highway One, <laughs> figure that they're going to be able to pass this tractor, despite the well, fact that there's three police cars there.
0: Well, just to be clear, you're not allowed to drive a tractor <laughs> on Highway One.
1: Well, I don't know. What I was the you know before the podcast, I wanted to look this up on line. the Motor Vehicle Act to see what it says, because uh, you can't operate a, a uh, tractor on many highways for the purpose of basically driving from one field to the next.
0: But that's not what was um, happening
1: no, here. No, I know, but I, you know, in any event, um, I don't know. I didn't stop to look at the Motor Vehicle Act to see how it would be regulated, but the driving itself was enough, right? You've got somebody swerving across the road, intentionally impeding traffic, uh, and uh, it's dangerous. Obviously, came close to, uh, if not striking cars in- intentionally. Um, and so, a lot more information came out after the fact. The um, early on, uh, there was an indication that there was a banner that this was part of a protest.
0: Yes, anti-soji protest. And just for the record, since you wanted to look it up, it's uh, Section Eight of the BC Motor Vehicle Act which uh, says that ICDC can issue a limited license to a farm tractor owned by a farmer if the tractor is used for towing a trailer to transport produce uh, to market from the farmer's own farm or to transport uh, supplies for the farm, or towing an in- implement of husbandry used by or on behalf of the farmer, but though the, the is only enforce for the purposes of that, meaning you cannot use your tractor under a valid license, or driving down the highway in the middle of a protest.
1: Okay, so um, the protest was a uh, in opposition to the BC government's new material that they prepared for teachers to reduce bullying on the basis of sexual orientation.
0: It wasn't even and, to reduce bullying. It was just an education about different types of people that exist.
1: Exactly. But, the, I mean, that was the original intention was to, to recognize the fact that, you know, make it clear for kids so they understand. Uh, and it's just uh, an education program, exactly sort of the opposite direction of where they're going in Saskatchewan. Mm-hmm. Uh, and BC, the BC government, with the support of the vast majority of British Columbians, has uh, thought that it would be appropriate to give teachers some tools to assist them, uh, in this. And so this was a protest, uh, in opposition of that. And what we learned since was he was live streaming it, the fellow who was behind the wheel, Mr. Shocker, I think is his name, live streaming it, uh, on Facebook.
0: Yes. And, uh, so ultimately he ends up getting like pit maneuvered by one of these RCMP vehicles.
1: And could you ever imagine that you could pit maneuver a tractor and we're talking a big heavy tractor. We're not talking like a light tractor we're Yeah. big John Deere. Big Deere like a, a like John Deere like a like a three hundred thousand dollar John Deere. Yeah. Well <laughs> that's the other thing is so we'll, we'll yeah. talk so, about that. But
0: so they they flip essentially flipped the tractor, pulled the guy out, rolls right over rested. Um I thought it would be interesting to talk about some of the offenses that this person could end up facing charges for.
1: Once he's out of the hospital apparently he's quite badly injured.
0: Well yeah he rolled his tractor.
1: Yeah. Um I was looking at it thinking to myself that the I I would have thought it would be appropriate for a police officer to discharge a firearm. We can talk about that in a minute. Uh they didn't they did uh, pit maneuver him which is not something that Canadian police are trained to do. Uh, There is no training for it. We don't use it in Canada. It's considered too dangerous. And so that's an interesting uh, angle to this. I guess uh, it's an issue of the police looking at it and weighing the concerns. But let's talk about the offenses, then let's talk about some of the concerns.
0: Well, I mean, there's the obvious driving without due care and attention. There's obviously operation without a license, operation without insurance, given the fact that this person was not licensed or insured for that purpose on the roadway. There's failing to stop for police, which could be either criminal or Motor Vehicle Act. Um, And there's also uh, potentially dangerous driving.
1: Dangerous operation of conveyance in my mind. Um, And uh, it's also potentially assault with a weapon. Um, And I think that's something that the Crown is going to be considering here because the police are trying to stop him. Obstruction, for sure. Um, Obstruction of a peace officer in their their duty. But... uh, You look at the way that the fellow was driving at police cars. uh, I think assault with a weapon of assault PC with a weapon, essentially.
0: Yep. And what's going to be really interesting is where where it goes from here, Um, you know, both because of it being so high profile. I was asked today on Radio NL, you know, is this going to be a situation where they're just going to show up at the hospital and hand him a bunch of tickets? And I said, I don't think so. I think e- even if it is going to be just Motor Vehicle Act offenses, it's going to be handled by Crown Council.
1: I don't think they're going to issue him tickets. I think he's going to be charged. Well, I, think I think he might it's... be
0: charged with Motor Vehicle Act.
1: No, but <laughs> I... Yeah. Well, he can be charged with both. Yeah. There's no doubt about I'm not it.
0: Saying that he can't be.
1: Um, I think we've identified the charges. They've got a one-year limitation period on most of those things to lay a charge. I don't think it'll take that long. Um, there's implications though, of course, of charging this individual because he is part of a movement as we've discussed before. Um, not
0: within the bounds of protest.
1: Well, he's going to argue that it was, it certainly went far beyond that in my mind. And I think any judge who's no
0: license, no insurance acquittal, that might be it. Dangerous driving is not part of protest activity. I'm sorry.
1: Well, assault with a weapon is also not part of protest uh, to wit a tractor. Uh, Is also not part of protest, but, you know, you can imagine he's going to want to float those things down the road when it comes time to consider his defense. He's going to want to be prepared to make the charter argument that this was a a freedom of expression issue. Um, Where that one goes, who knows? Uh, If you're following online with um, the uh, trials relating to the Ottawa uh, Occupation, um, and the occupation at the, uh, Coots border crossing, uh, each time something seems to go slightly right for those, uh, people, uh, in their defense, uh, there's a whole group of people who are on the internet cheering them on, see, see, um, so there's a lot of people who will actually, I suspect, think that this guy was legitimately protesting, which is going to cause, exacerbate, I guess, the divisions that we've already got, um, in this country and in in the U S and I suppose in many places around the world Mm -hmm. where there's these people who just hate the government so much, uh, for what the government's doing very often, what the government's doing is supported by a large portion of the people, you know, for a good example of that, think of vaccinations where we've got 85% of the population is vaccinated. Um, but, uh, I, I see this, uh, you know, as being one more thing that may be used by these anti-government. Protest groups.
0: Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, this is going to be this person is now a martyr for the cause, and you know, there are ways in which that they they could probably legitimately point some fingers at the police. And I think about the portion of the video when you watch it after the tractor has flipped, the way the police responded, getting him out of the tractor and arresting him, handcuffing him. He's just been in a rollover collision in a tractor. Um, You can assume that there might be spinal injuries, neck injuries, head injuries. Uh, I think in that situation, you know, preserving the health and safety of the individual needed to come before the handcuffing. I get that there was public safety and officer safety concerns, obviously, but at the same time, he's, he's in an upside down tractor. It's not like he's going to get up and run away.
1: Well, that may be one of the reasons that we don't use the pit maneuver uh, in yeah. Canada. What, what do you... I mean, what do you think about the police response with respect to that or, you know, proportionality of this response?
0: I, after the tractor flipped, I think the response in the initial information that we have based on the video alone was disproportionate.
1: Okay, but what about the response of, I mean, they're following this tractor for some period of time. should
0: have taken him off the road. Absolutely.
1: Okay. Why?
0: Why? Uh, A couple of reasons. One, the reports that I've read were that prior to the video commencing, the tractor was swerving all over the roadway. So it was posing a risk to other users of the highway. Two, he was violating the rules of the road. He was not insured. So if there was a collision, there's no coverage for that. He was not licensed. And so, again, that's that's a breach of insurance. It's a, It creates a huge complication when it comes to people who are injured if there is a collision. Um, three, and I think this is this is another important public safety one, which is that he was live streaming while he was driving an uninsured vehicle without a license in a manner that endangered other road users. So he was posing a continuous public
1: safety risk. Well, I, yeah, see, I look at it and I'm watching this driving and I'm thinking to myself, basically, anything that they do here is likely, a, a, a potential likely outcome is that he will die. If he flips a tractor, he could die. If they shoot him, you know, which was, uh, probably, a uh, would have happened if he was in the United States, he would die. And I, I wonder if the, the risk to his life justified what they did. I mean, how long do you follow him? Is he just going to, you know, get tired out? Can you just phone him on his cell and say, look, Mr. Shoker, just stop your damn tractor.
0: There were other ways, though, that they could have taken him off the roadway, like creating a barricade of police officers.
1: Well, the problem is, in a tractor, he would probably... So, I mean, all of this is weighing this in context of the two major other circumstances where people, like one guy in the States, I think it was in North Dakota, converted a a Caterpillar tractor into a tank because he was upset. And he's got some fairly legitimate reasons that he was upset. Um, and eventually I think he killed himself when it, after a rampage, uh, and a lot of these people, these extremist anti-government people, look at that guy as a hero. Uh, and then there was another guy in California in like the nineties who stole a tank and went on a tank rampage. I remember that one. Um, so that fellow who converted the Caterpillar tractor, um, in his shop into a tank and went and, and, uh, took revenge against those buildings. A lot of these guys who are marginalized, we use that such a pleasant little term, hey? Marginalized. They're just on the margins. They just hey, There's one inch on the edge in there. No, I'm um, sorry, but this was a fringe movement. Well, they are a fringe movement, but now, you know, of course, Justin Trudeau calls, comes out and calls people a fringe movement and then people rally around that. He's calling us fringe. He doesn't love us all. He doesn't care about all Canadians. He doesn't care about us fringe. We don't matter. They
0: want, they want everybody to love everybody <laughs> until you're saying, why don't we just teach that you should also love and accept gay and trans kids?
1: Exactly. Um, so
0: sorry you don't get sympathy on those political views from me.
1: But I, I, you can see the police, of course, are are weighing those concerns. And then, of course, this uh, this guy who murdered all the people in, uh, in Nova Scotia dressed as an RCMP officer driving around a fake RCMP car um, these are all concerns that they have to take into account, and so, you know, I would argue that it's a it was a proportional response to the threat that was there. Uh, it was a judgment call that they made, and I think it was a reasonable judgment call based on the information that they had. Um, but you know, other people will, of course, have a different view of that.
0: Yeah, well, share your views on social media. Tag at Driving Law Pod on Twitter. I refuse to call it Elon Musk's name. And uh, let us know what you think.
1: And uh, maybe on Friday, we'll have a discussion about the insurance implications for all the damage this guy caused.
0: There's so much more and more information is going to come out in the days. So we will keep you posted here on the Driving Law Podcast.